Welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show. I'm Dr. Mystery, your host, joined always with my co-host, Donna Lee. That's right. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Men's Health Show. We recently changed it. Yes. And our website is armormenshealth.com. Okay. Well, thank you so much for that uh, important piece of information. I'm a board-certified urologist. Mm -hmm. This is a men's health show. Donna Lee is certifiable. Mm-hmm. and uh, always joins us. She's a professional comedian. I'm board certified in the area of comedy. A comedy. In the laughter. Comedy. Mm-hmm. She's from Lockhart, if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that barbecue. Yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> uh, I'm a board certified urologist. This is a show that's brought to you by the practice that I started in 2007, NAU Urology Specialist, that makes this our 15th anniversary. That's a long time. I feel like an old man now. Mm, you can't tell, though. I still feel like you I'm You look the... spry with all that gray hair. Yes, that's not <laughs> funny. <laughs> Donna, how do people get a hold of us? How do people see us as patients? That's right. You can, first of all, listen to our amazing podcast. Um, they are award-winning for Best Men's Sexual Health um, best pro- prostate cancer awareness podcast and men's health all around by feedspot.com. So you can verify it. It's an actual thing. Uh, you can check us out on our website, armormenshealth.com. You can also submit questions to our cute little new website. And we're in Round Rock, North Austin, South Austin, and Dripping Springs, Texas. If you're in the area, dripping. they love dripping. And we're going to fix all of that nasty dripping. Um, and then you just reach out to us, 512-238-0762. And we have so many wonderful questions, but I thought we'd start talking about some man stuff today. As Let's usual. do it. Um, you, want me, you want me to hit you up with a question? Yeah, go ahead. All right. This was, this is, I thought, a good one. Uh, Dr. Mystery and Donna, question mark. He included me. That's good. Because <laughs> I am, you know, Dr. Dr. Donna. Donna. Had bladder cancer in, oh, in 16, maybe at 16, after a couple of terps. So I want you to explain what terps are, of course. And BCG follow-up, all has been good. Doc warned me about my dry orgasms as a side effect, and I was okay with that. Oh, that's nice. I'm glad he was okay with that, because I'm okay with that. I've been getting pain sometimes at orgasm, regardless, uh, lately, if I'm masturbating or with my girlfriend. I'd like to talk to you about why sometimes it seems to be fine. May I talk with someone about this, or will you please address this? P.S. I'm a 69-year-old, otherwise in great health. 69. Hey. So um, it sounds like um, this patient had a couple of different things, or this listener had a couple of different things. The first one is that he probably had an enlarged prostate and then needed that obstructing prostate tissue kind of opened up, and that's what the TERP is, or transurethral resection of the prostate. That's right. We also call it the rotor-rooter. I don't like that. Nobody likes the rotor-rooter. I don't like that. It, it makes me feel weird in my booty hole when I say that. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I have you this visual of somebody doing yeah. this with their hand. Okay. It, it, it looks like that oftentimes. When you, yeah, that, that the, hand, the, 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 the hand piece that you use is very much just kind of like, you know, like a, like, a, like a little digging motion that you do so for the prostate. So 1967 kind of procedure. But anyway. Once you do that procedure, you, you are often and very likely to have a dry ejaculate or retrograde ejaculation. Why? Because um, the way that uh, we as men, you know, from a reproductive standpoint, the prostate makes semen, the semen gets deposited in the urethra, Mm -hmm. and then it gets pushed out by muscles that kind of squeeze the urethra. But in order for that to happen, the neck of the bladder has to close. So the, you know, the, 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 the part that goes back up into the bladder has to close, mm-hmm. and that way the fluid only comes out in one direction. But when you do the TERP procedure, you actually destroy that bladder neck 
um, mm. mechanism. And so the oh. all, all the semen, anything that gets produced goes back into the bladder. But moreover, a lot of the tissue that makes semen is mm-hmm. gets taken away in the surgery, in the terp surgery. Oh. So a, a lot of a lot of times you're just not making any semen. So mm. why is this patient hurting? Yeah. So pain with orgasm is almost always a muscular issue, almost always a a pelvic floor issue. And Hmm. that's why it happens sometimes and doesn't happen other times. So he may notice that if he goes, you know, on a long trip or sits in a plane for a long period of time, then he's more likely to have this kind of painful orgasm. Or if he has, um, maybe he golfs that day and has some lower back pain, Mm -hmm. then he'll have pain Mm -hmm. uh, with orgasm. But when he's more relaxed and that pelvic floor is more relaxed, then he may not have pain. So we have in our office a wonderful pelvic floor physical therapist. Her name mm. is Colette. Mm-hmm. Dr. Roden. Dr. Roden. She's amazing. And uh, she's she's uh, her services are covered under insurance. Mm-hmm. And almost everyone that we have in our clinic that has painful orgasm, it'll get fixed with uh, pelvic floor physical therapy. Right. In addition, this patient also had bladder cancer. And for those of you that don't know, uh, bladder cancer is um, you know uh, a fairly common urologic disease. It um, is... What causes bladder cancer? Well, uh, it's there's a genetic condition, mm-hmm. a predisposition, uh, and smoking uh, mm-hmm. is, a, is a big predisposing factor, as well as uh, exposure to dyes, uh, aniline and, 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 and benzene dyes. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So... Uh, oh, no. Especially in um, the Austin area, uh, where a lot of people used to work in smelting plants and things like that, mm-hmm. um, those patients we see with bladder cancer, you know, years later. Oh my. Uh, interestingly, this patient had a treatment for his bladder cancer called BCG treatment. And this is just an, an example of how medicine can be so mysterious sometimes. It's a, it's the, it's the tuberculosis virus mm-hmm. that's been attenuated, meaning it's no longer alive. And it, you put it into the bladder. Right. And there's an immunologic response that occurs that makes bladder cancer go away. Oh my! So how tuberculosis and bladder cancer are related is just is a mystery, <laughs> but it, it kind of like your name. Yeah, it's the real name, by the way. <laughs> and uh, so this patient had um, removal of the tumors, and then probably had to have BCG afterwards. And luckily, it works about seventy percent of the time. But thirty percent of the time, the cancers do come back. So hmm. if you are diagnosed with bladder cancer, you're going to have to come back and get scoped every year, uh, oh. and that's what this this patient needs. Now the fact that he's sixty nine healthy, still sexually active. That makes him one of my favorite patients, right? I know you love that guy. We love that guy. <laughs> because because we want to make sure that um, as he far... he has sex till he's 80. Until he's 80. Right. Or, and beyond, right? Oh, there's beyond. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> oh, no. struggling <laughs> Can I stop? 50. <laughs> 50. <laughs> and so... Um, there's not going to be any cure for the retrograde ejaculation or the dry ejaculate that this patient has. A lot of times patients will come to us after surgery and want me to fix it somehow. And unfortunately, there's no way to fix it. Um, so uh, did, we... Did you ask their wife if they want to be, if they want it fixed? <laughs> they want, the girlfriend may like it. I don't know. You'd be surprised at I how... I took a poll. You'd be... I took an unofficial poll of my girlfriends. And yes. We all agreed it would be great if y'all could just make it all go away just have your orgasm and just make it less messy you know i you say that but well i only have two friends so there was two we, friends we, on yeah, that poll yes. so. <laughs> we, we often will well, like men men come to us telling us that their wives are wondering if they're really orgasming or not like they're faking it 
That's funny. Now, you don't care. I don't You care. just want him to go to sleep. I do. But <laughs> just get off me, Michael. correct. Just get off me, Michael. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I did all the dishes. I've been TikToking all day. Leave me alone. So, um, I've been TikToking. <laughs> so I that's you. I have five TikTok accounts. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but, but, you know, there are, there are couples in which... Oh, are there? <laughs> in which having an integrated <laughs> ejaculate is important to them. And uh, maybe, maybe a sign of true love or something. I don't know. Our previous topic had to do with bladder cancer and bladder symptoms, and we have another question similar to that. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Adana. Yep, we have one, a really interesting, intriguing one about this patient's bladder issue issues, as they say, in more sophisticated lens. Dr. Mystery, good afternoon. I've been diagnosed with prostatitis three times in the last 12 months. It originally presented itself as blood in my semen, which freaked me out. I was on levofloxin for two weeks and ended up having to take take it for a total of eight weeks last year. Exam of my prostate exhibited no nodules, but it was inflamed. I also had a cystoscope through my penis into my bladder. While traveling into my bladder, the urologist looked at my prostate, but he said prostrate. That's always confusing. Being you have to go into it through the bladder. Started, stated it looked good, but irritated. My PSA is 1.2. December of this year, I began to urinate blood. Went to, I'm sorry, last year. Went to the ER. It was a weekend. The ER doctor said it was the flare-up of my prostatitis again and treated me again with levofloxin. In March of this year, I had blood levels checked for my hormones and my PSA had jumped to 8.3. Wow, that's high. From 1.2 in May of, of, of last year. Obviously, this startled me. I went to my urologist and was examined again. No nodules in my prostate. It was, I was told it was spongy but felt normal placed on another round of antibiotics for two weeks i'm going uh, again to see the doctor soon to have my psa checked am i missing anything or is this somewhat normal from prostatitis i'm 48 years old my father had prostate cancer when he was 59 years old and had it removed i just want to make sure i'm not missing anything dr mystery well one of the things that's fascinated me donna Mm-hmm. after practicing medicine for so long mm-hmm. is how much of the things that we just learned when we were residents that is just complete crap. <laughs> like what? Numbers? I'll, I'll give you a couple, okay? One piece of crap is that you can tell how big the prostate is from a prostate exam. Because it's, it's like a few it's, seconds long, it, right? It's, like, not, it's not the time or we'd spend a lot more time in hey, there. <laughs> hey. so uh, it reminds me, I was talking to a, a patient of mine who was African-American, great good friend of mine and a, and a patient of ours. And I was like, men, black men do not like the prostate exam and they get so freaked out about it. And, they, they, and I said, but I want to attract more into the practice. How do I do that? He goes, just put the size of the person's hand on your website. <laughs> well, that takes you out of the running. That's right. That's right. So, so I thought that for the for the next go around for those little bios that we have in our in our office, uh-huh. their picture is there, but also the size of their hands. Oh boy. Well, Doctor Doctor Ong's little tiny hands. Little tiny hands. I'll see her. <laughs> what about that little fake hand that you can buy, the little plastic hand? <laughs> you can't feel nothing. Yeah, so but when, it's so you, when small. you do the prostate exam, you're just looking for <laughs> prostate nodules, and you really can't tell the size. So people are always like, "Well, my previous person told me that I had a big, big prostate." I said, and I, and I, I have to say to myself, "I'm sorry for that person's like the words they use, but you really can't tell the size of the prostate." How many seconds long does this? It does last? not matter how long it is. It does because guys freak out if they if they hear you say it's only two seconds long, they might. Go to the doctor more. If it's like 27 minutes long, then they're going to be like, mm, I'm not into that. What if they pay extra? <laughs> then they can have 27, <laughs> 27 minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's $500 an hour in case you're wondering. <laughs> it's, it's like trying to size an entire apple where you don't know the shape of the apple by mm-hmm. only feeling one part of the apple. Right. You can't, you can make some kind of educated guess, but you're wrong 50% of the time. That's why the size, the second thing that, that people do is they talk about boggy or soggy spongy. or spongy prostates. Is that and thing? I'll tell you, if you have prostatitis, like you have an infection of your prostate, uh-huh. nobody should be pushing on your prostate because mm-hmm. the infection can go into your bloodstream. Oh, so you shouldn't do it. You should, nobody should be doing a prostate exam on somebody who they think has prostatitis. And two, they all feel weird. So 
or or the you know different. So you I can't. Guess an organ would feel weird. You just can't always say that something feels boggy or spongy. And then mm. third, when you're looking past the prostate with a cystoscopy, mm-hmm. you're looking past it, you really can't tell if it's inflamed or not. In this particular, so, so many things are wrong in this email. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing's wrong. It's more about this idea of conventional wisdom. And so, right. you know, I'm 47 years old. Mm-hmm. And I meet my 60, 65-year-old urology counterparts all the time. And they still do the same thing. You have a big prostate on physical exam. Your feels prostate like feels boggy. Mm. And I, I, I look at them and I'm like, you know that you, what you're saying is complete crap, right? Well, like, clearly they don't. If they're nothing. still saying it. No. If you push on the prostate and the guy jumps off the table because it's hurting so much, now mm. that's prostatitis. You know oh. what I mean? Like that's, that's not spongy. That's painful. What causes prostatitis? So usually it's a bacteria. Mm-hmm. But there are, in our practice, we deal with two different kinds of prostatitis. Acute prostatitis, which is not that cute. Prostitute or prostatitis? Acute prostatitis. <laughs> it's a whole different discussion. <laughs> it's a different clinic. It's a different podcast. <laughs> different podcast. <laughs> and then we have chronic prostatitis. Chronic prostatitis is not the topic of what we're going to talk about today. That usually causes a chronic low-grade discomfort. Usually it's not really organ-related. It's more pelvic floor-related. We have 10 podcasts that talk about chronic prostatitis. We have fewer that talk about acute prostatitis. Acute prostatitis is going to present with pain, usually back pain or lower flank pain, Mm -hmm. sometimes urinary complaints like urgency, frequency, nighttime peeing, blood in the urine, and blood in the semen. As a matter of fact, blood in the semen, most of the time it is from prostatitis. Although it freaks people out, it's not usually something completely dangerous. If somebody thinks that they have had an episode of prostatitis, then feel assured, 10% of all your male counterparts have had that at least one time in their life. Hmm. Antibiotics for a couple of weeks makes a lot of sense. Sometimes Levaquin. But, but he was on a lot. Of I know we talked about that before. This guy had three episodes and was on eight weeks of Levaquin. And that's just too much antibiotics. Right. It's going to screw up your gut health, cause bloating, other things. It's going right. to predispose you to other infections. Should and they make... try a different antibiotic? Is always Levifloxin, Levaquin is the, the one. If two or three weeks of antibiotics did not fix the problem, mm-hmm. then you have to think that maybe the problem is something different. Right. And so that's what I would do. I would look for kidney stones that can mimic prostatitis. Mm. I would look for a number of other things. Like okay. none of my patients, if you come see Dr. Mystery as a patient, there is no way you're going to be on eight weeks of antibiotics. Yeah. It just doesn't, it would never right? happen. I would, oh. I, would, I would go back to the drawing board and try to figure out where I screwed up your evaluation. Right. And so with that in mind, um, if you've had one episode of prostatitis, mm-hmm. you gain 10% of your friends, you know, you join 10% of your male friends. Right. Two in a year is very uncommon. Hmm. So either the first one didn't get fixed or you have some kind of problem that's causing you to get more prostatitis episodes. Like the and this stones. guy got a third one. Yeah. He's a, so he needs to go buy the lottery. Three in a first in, in one year means that something is wrong with you that has nothing to do, that may have something else to do than the prostate. So mm-hmm. you could be not emptying your bladder. You could have some type of foreign body in there. You could have some type of infection or cyst or something of your prostate that's not being drained. Mm-hmm. You need to be Deep, more deeply evaluated. So, so my, my deeper point to this patient is that absolutely you need to make sure something is going to get missed. Right. Three in one year is absolutely abnormal. Right. And so what we do in our office, we do a CAT scan of your prostate, maybe an MRI of your prostate. We do a CAT scan of your kidneys um, and your abdomen. Uh, I would do an ultrasound of your prostate gland for sure. I would mm. for sure put you on a medicine to relax your prostate, something like alfuzosin or tamsulosin or tildosin. Mm-hmm. And then we'd, then we'd watch you. And if you've got another one, then in our practice, three episodes of prostatitis in one year mm-hmm. usually has us do something to your prostate surgically to, to lower your risk of getting another, uh, another infection. Mm-hmm. Because eventually one of these is going to make you sick. 
Yeah. This patient didn't get sick. He got he, he had, got he, lucky. He got he, he got he got blood in his urine. He got blood in his semen. Right. But you can get sick sick. Like it can put you in the hospital. I have you know we have we have a patient now that we're contending with that has had prostatitis that's giving him fevers for almost eight days now. Oh my gosh. You can get sick. So you don't want prostatitis. Mm. Now this forty eight year old man, he's going to be just fine. He's young. He's robust. He has a lot of reserve. But if you're a sixty eight or seventy eight year old man, right? Like you can get sick and be in the hospital and get a heart attack. And get a blood clot just like that. Well, he brought up his dad's prostate cancer. So how, how? I mean, shouldn't he be a little more concerned? Like, I think that's a great question. There's usually no strong relationship between prostatitis oh. and prostate cancer. Okay. But if you forget about his prostatitis, which I've now discussed and beat to death, <laughs> just like his prostate, prostate just, feels, just, just like his, he beat just, that to death, just, just like his poor prostate has been beat to death. <laughs> poor guy. Uh, is that what is your risk, or how should you be? more like um, effective in in monitoring yourself for prostate cancer if you have a strong family history. Mm-hmm. And the answer is that when you're under 50, we have a lower threshold for your PSA. Usually two or lower is normal, not four right. as it is when you're older. Right. If you're very concerned, you can have your father checked for a genetic test. And if he's interested, we can mm-hmm. order the test uh, or tell the doctor that he sees you know, what to test for mm-hmm. it's offered by a company called myriad it's covered by insurance right and it tells you if he has the gene for prostate cancer oh. because if he has it then you've got a 50 percent chance that you have it oh and now you might be a little bit more aggressive in looking for your cancer mris of the prostate when you're younger we have other tests that can look for um, the likelihood of you developing cancer mm-hmm. and so especially for those of you that have uh, parents or fathers who under 60 had to have their prostate removed or bad prostate cancer, you should be a lot more aggressive. Donna, how do people get a hold of us? Ask us more questions. That's right. Send your questions to armormenshealth.com. That's our cute little website just for the show and just for this podcast. You can check out our podcast wherever you listen to free podcasts. We are award-winning in the arena of men's wellness, prostate cancer, and sexual health. Our phone number is 512-238-0762. And again, our website, armormenshealth.com. The Armor Men's Health Hour is brought to you by Urology Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com.